You're listening to the B-Fox and B-Frank show. We are through the first weekend of the tournaments, and it is pretty much as chalky as it can possibly get. Yeah, like I said, pre-show, we can pat ourselves on the back for that one. We, we called that coming through. You know, we were looking for the upsets, and I, I, we obviously found a few of those. But it, as was the, you know, the mantra all season, there is a clear-cut top of this country in terms of college basketball teams and quality teams, and then there's a huge gap between the rest, and that is exactly what we're seeing at this point. It feels like the women's tournaments most yes. years, honestly, mm-hmm. um, which, which invariably every Elite Eight game, I feel like, is one versus two. Like, there's such a huge gap there. Um, it's always UConn, Baylor, Mississippi State, Notre Dame, teams yeah, like Louisville. That. Yeah, Louisville, um, yeah. I don't know, I... Took a couple too many chances in my bracket. I feel like I always get screwed on a big second-round upset. Um, So I tried to pick a couple this year. None of them happened. Um, We can get into some of the games that that did happen or some of the wins that almost happened. But, yeah, I mean, big takeaway, everybody's still alive, basically. Um, It's not a a big contender that got eliminated – um, obviously, last year's national champion Villanova is gone, but realistically, not somebody who could really be seen as a title threat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that'll that'll set up some hopefully great games this weekend. Um, I know second round games for the most part left a lot to be desired in terms of competitiveness, but hopefully, with the top teams matching up now, that will change, and these will be some of the the dynamite games we come to expect from the tournament. Yeah, the the good games were essentially just the ones where teams would blow big leads. That was what made them fun. Like, it wasn't as if, you know, there were very few of these, uh, you know, upset-minded Cinderella, air quote Cinderella-type teams that were, you know, wire-to-wire winners or, or anything like that. It was really just the better team, higher-seeded team, if you will, uh, did their work and moved on for, for the most part, obviously. And, and now we're seeing that come to fruition as uh, nobody, I believe, in the top three lost. Right. There's there's no Cinderella. There's every one through three, two fours, Auburn's a five. They were favored to beat Kansas. Um, and then Oregon is a 12 seed. Can't count them as Cinderella. Um, still a major conference team. Kind of kind of weird territory to be in but again hopefully that'll mean no blowouts this weekend um except i feel like virginia is going to bow race oregon by about 25 but we'll see we will see um yeah got some uh, most impressive teams for me i'm gonna open it with auburn the tigers shot the lights out obviously round one (laughs) almost honestly should they should have lost had a double-digit lead late in the second half, and then it looked as if they'd never seen a full-court press before in their entire lives. Through you know, They've made it this far in their basketball playing careers, looked completely lost against the press, were taking bad shots, turning the ball over like crazy on just dumb plays. Uh, fortunately for Auburn, New Mexico State is could not hit free throws and could not hit open shots when they needed to. They advanced, and then they just dominated Kansas, hitting third threes i believe and they're now what the 
sixth team ever to go seven straight games with 12 or more made threes. I think I'm making up however many teams did that, but the other parts are right. Seven straight games with 12 <laughs> yep. or more threes. Uh, so Auburn gets the, you know the tip of the cap from me. They've been playing incredibly well. This is The thing is, this is the team we expected to see all season long. And they just hit that swoon in early January, and they never really fully got back until the SEC tournament when they went on the run in Nashville. As I said, beware of the team that gets hot during their conference tournament. Nailed that one. Yep. Um, yeah, but this is this is a top ten team um, preseason for good reason. There's plenty of talent on the roster, and when they're clicking like they were against Kansas, you can see you know why they're so highly regarded and. Sweet 16 game against North Carolina is going to be an absolute track meet and a lot of fun to watch. Um, I did not, I did not have Gonzaga as one of mine, but I had my other adopted team, uh, Texas Tech. Their defense is phenomenal. Um, shut down the Horizon League Player of the Year in the first round, which is fine, whatever. Um, but then against Buffalo, the very good offensive team, just a defensive clinic. Uh, it was about eight minutes of game time, but it was 56 minutes of real time. Um, counting that out, Brutal. Buffalo did not score a, a single basket. It's the epitome of brutality, even more so than losing a bye game. It is. Um, and then offensively, they are they are clicking as well. Incredibly balanced. All five starters and double figures. Odiasi has been providing more offensively. He had a double-double. Culver, obviously, is leader. He had a double-double as well. Um, and that's that's going to be an extremely tough out for Michigan or whoever Texas Tech plays um, throughout the tournament, just finding out ways to score on these guys enough to put yourself in a position to have a chance. Yeah, another big thing that's been going on is the top defensive teams have been winning. Crazy how that happens, right? Yeah, hate to see it. I do, at least. <laughs> Virginia, Houston, Florida State. Uh, Michigan, Texas Tech, all great defensive teams. Even North Carolina is kind of up there. Duke at times can be there. Michigan State at times can be there. But it's you know it's it's as if that end of the floor is important. We don't yeah, see I'm, those offensive heavy teams that everyone was r- ranting and raving about early in the season, and then you know coming into this tournament really there. Yeah, those are the next two on my most impressive: Florida State and yeah. Houston. Um, Florida State struggling with a, a good Vermont team at times. We thought they might, and then just ran Murray State out of the gym. Um, I mean, they're they're athletic freaks. They're yep. they're going to be a scary matchup for Gonzaga once again. Because um, yeah, like John Morant was doing everything five for five on threes the first half, and still just never really felt like Murray State had a chance to win the game. Um, there was a point in the first half where they were down by like nine, and it felt like they needed a stop and score to keep yeah. this game close. And they obviously did not get it. And Kevin Jelly went off. You know, everybody they needed. Terrence Mann has been incredible over the last three to four weeks. Everyone they need is stepping up. And Phil Kofer isn't even playing. I I understand you might find like being a rhythm um, with Kevin Jelly coming off the bench, but like how do, how does he not start? I have no idea. Like 22 points in 23 minutes in this one. It's like a big guy with touch, a little range, um, can do pretty much everything. I don't know why you want to limit his on-court time to barely over a half of basketball. Seems silly to me. I hope they keep bringing him off the bench against Gonzaga, obviously, because I'm biased. But in the best interest of Florida State 
basketball, you'd think you would be getting him like 30 minutes a game at least. Um, I mean, that's that's part of what else is scary about them is they do have a ridiculous amount of depth. They can keep coming at you in waves. Um, so, I mean, it's working for them. But, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Um, it's Dion Waiters-esque, except I think he's better than Dion Waiters. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then Houston going up against a team featuring Caleb Weston. You know they're going to pound the rock inside or at least try to. Um, but they held Ohio State only nine shots made inside the three-point arc. The only reason this was a game really is because Ohio State kind of shot the lights out. Um, from three for, you know, a good portion of the game. But we talk about um, Virginia with the pack line defense. Houston's been playing some phenomenal inside-out defense as well. Um, Corey Davis Jr. is is making it rain himself. Ten made threes in the first two games. It's going to be very fun Sweet 16 matchup with Kentucky. Yeah, the Cougars. I mean, this is... What you know? What I mentioned earlier. This is what the team is built off of. They play incredibly strong defense. They are easily one of the best in the country when it comes to that, and they thrive off of that to get to the offensive end. So many times you'll see missed shots or um, turnovers lead to easy runouts for them because they're just so quick into transition. They know exactly what they're looking to do, and then they can just set up that defense again, go at you for twenty seconds, however long it takes to get a shot off, and then push it back the other way. So. When their guards score, that's when they're at their best. Corey Davis is very good. Armani Brooks is very good. They need to continue to play strong defense, though, if they want to have a chance to win these games. Yeah, and from Kentucky's perspective, if P.J. Washington still can't go, that's yeah. going to be very tall order. Um, certainly a lot of talent on Kentucky still. I don't think anyone would argue that, but mm-hmm. I mean, going up against a formidable defense like Houston really helped to have one of the better players in the country. Um, real, real bold take there. Um, and then my, I, yeah, I take risks. Uh, my last one, got to give a begrudging shout out to Purdue. Um, the ass kicking they laid on Villanova. First round game against Old Dominion was, was a, a game from like the 60s. Yeah. Um, Nobody could hit a shot, and I guess they were saving all of them for the second-round game. Carson Edwards hit nine threes. They hit 16 as a team, and he scored 42 points. Um, I mean, not not a whole lot you can do if you're Purdue um, in a game like that and your opponent is just shooting that well. Obviously, you could probably contest a little better, but for the most part, um, that's that's just one of the, the best games that Purdue will play all season. If not the best, you just kind of got to tip your cap to them. This was both fun and painful because, one, <laughs> I needed Villanova to just do something for the sake of the Big East, and they did not. But it was so much fun because this is exactly what Villanova does to teams, specifically yeah. teams that I like year in and year <laughs> out. It was so good to just see another three after another three after another three go in and watch the Villanova defenders look at each other and just shake their heads. Like, this is a taste of their own medicine to the nth degree. It was beautiful to watch. Probably would have been better if it wasn't Purdue. Like, I probably would have enjoyed it a little more. Yeah. Nothing, I mean, I really don't have anything against Purdue other than they're annoying on Twitter, but then who isn't? But Carson Edwards, man, he has been outstanding. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, 
So I, I got to hope at some point they just, I mean, next year they take a huge step back when he's gone, um, hopefully, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was all I had for most impressive. I guess shout out UCF for almost doing the thing, but not. Another game we set, they just packed it in, literally packed it in on defense and forced Trey Jones to shoot jump shots. Yeah, and I... I ended, there were a lot of articles written, like, now the blueprint's out, how to beat Duke. It's, the blueprint it's kinda, is not it's, out. It's kind of a huge difference when you have a 7-6 guy. Yeah. Like, you can, like we were saying, like, it's not a secret that Duke struggles shooting the three. The issue is, you know, how you do you... need a rim protector. Yeah, how do you keep a guy like Zion or R.J. Barrett or Cam Reddish out of the paint? Because most guys are just going to be able to drive around. If you have a literal tree in there, then that helps things. But, I mean, nobody's going to be terrified really driving at uh, Kerry Blackshear, no. Virginia Tech. Like, that's it's a huge difference. You need Taco Fall or a more mobile Simbular of New Mexico yes. State glory days. <laughs> what but a I don't throwback. Know, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if that would work. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, that was that was the best challenge Duke's going to get probably um, until the elite. I just, no part of, like, I see a huge bounce back performance coming from Duke. That was, that was the perfect game for UCF. Um, Taco Fall imposed his will. Dawkins shot the lights out. They got huge buckets from BJ Taylor, like, when they needed it. The defense was good. I mean, have we seen this year Zion get blocked once, let alone multiple times in a game? Because I no, think Taco I mean, Fall is the only guy to do it. No, it's I. I don't think so because it's, it's something we would have heard about by now. Because anytime it happens once, it's it's an event. All right. of Twitter stops. There's twenty five videos posted within a minute. Um, but Books yeah, for that to happen multiple times in a day. Yeah. Where were you when Zion <laughs> like, was blocked? Yeah. It. I mean, fucking ESPN with like the. The social media posts, you know, like, oh, you think Zion is tall? <laughs> like how tall Taco is. Not even the tallest like, guy on his own team. Like, by what a the lot. Fuck is, like, he's an inch taller than me. What the fuck is that? God. Humble uh, brag. But, like, literally, yeah. <laughs> Not a big deal. But, like, li- <laughs> literally just any, any conceivable way to work Zion into conversation, like, okay, this people is will. Talking about Wofford too. Yes, that's um, exactly where I was going to go. He's from Spartanburg. It's like absolutely unreal. Like I, I understand and I admit he is a generational talent. But other things and then we may never see another one in college exist. basketball because yeah. hopefully the one and done rule is going to change because it's just better for people. Obviously, it's not great for college basketball, but it's better for the kids, I guess, in a way. There's, there's definitely yeah. an argument to it, but. I don't know, like, there, there's a good chance we'll never see another guy like Zion, or we won't for a while see a guy like Zion in college basketball. That being said, when Wofford is playing Kentucky, we don't need to see <laughs> Zion shove down our throat. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. I agree. Um, I can't believe the tip-in didn't go in, though. <laughs> like, that, yeah, that ball like was, that was, the layup was halfway in, and then the tip-in was halfway in. That was as bad as Wake Forest. I was I was watching the game with Hack and it was literally the same reaction as uh, the Cody 
Arky kick, oh, like, God. you're standing up, and then just, like, collapsed in a heap in, like, the fetal position. It's like, how the fuck does that happen? I, both, like, both of those not go in. I had a uh, high seed seven, low seed eight in the squares pool, and that would have won me 200 bucks. <laughs> just watching the ball roll off like that was exactly like you said. I was up, I had my hands in the air, because it looked, I mean, if you saw Dawkins off the run... You could watch him. He had a clear look. He got his whole hand on the ball. He probably could have dunked it, but he just tried to lay it in because that, I mean, that's the right play. He made the absolute right play, and it somehow just did not go in. Might have been rethinking dunking it after the the failed alley-oop earlier. And I I have to get my one IE reference in here. Um, It reminded me of... Elite 8. 2012-2013 2012-2013 season, um, the last day of the regular season, Jordan Morgan of Michigan had a tip like that that went all the way around the rim, fell off. Um, IU won by one in the Big Ten Championship, but it's it's so it's so painful. Like it it just justifies re- like so many things had to go Duke's way yep. in that last stretch, and they did. Like Zion was driving the ball to the paint down three. Like, if you just, first of all, it could have been called for a charge. Then if you don't even really contest, let him score, then they still have to follow you, get the ball back. Right. And then he misses the free throw, and it could have been, that would have been a wild narrative change if Zion, like, kind of choked. Mm -hmm. And then that was the game right there. But, of course, they get the rebound and the putback and the lead. So just And then the whole thing is Zion has such a great game and wills them to win. Which he did. Like, even if he would have missed... Missed the free throw and they would have lost. He still had a great game. There's no two ways about it. But and I mean, I think the shot that goes the most uh, unspoken about is following the missed alley oop. Dawkins came down again and hit had a shot more than halfway in. It rattled in and out. I mean, that ball was good as in too. Yeah, thank God I'm not a UCF fan Um, for basketball. I mean, anything at this point. It's been a tough year. Yeah, but. uh, Hopefully, Notice, Mackenzie well, Milton's healthy. A lot more, a lot more people are willing to embrace them as an underdog in basketball. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's terrible double standard. You hate to see. Um, you do. Any, any more most impressive for you? I'm going to throw LSU out there. Uh, I did not think they really had a chance. In uh, obviously, they're a very talented team. I like Tremont Waters. I think Nas Reed's really good. Smart is very good as well. Big B Williams has been playing well. They. Skyler Mays, I can't not mention him. They have exceeded expectations, I would say, obviously, to this point, especially from us, because you know they don't have their head coach. That all being said, was it a travel on Draymond Waters at the end so there? I was a Maryland fan, definitely. And I... See, here, here's the thing. So I think it's... They... <sighs> trying to think of the best way to phrase this because they they've exceeded expectations if they played and beat belmont which they should have if belmont hit their fucking free throws but maryland's i just don't believe in at all um like maryland and iowa lasted longer in the tournament than they really had any right to Mm -hmm. Um, there's the two big 10 teams that really collapsed down the stretch um and appropriately, their opponents I mean, even collapsed against them. Yeah, I mean, Minnesota had a couple big wins against Purdue, though, that 
that really got them firmly into the field right. um, late in the year. Um, but I mean, LSU beating Maryland, even the way they did it, like they, they got out to a big lead. They should have cruised. They're mm-hmm. a much better team than, than Maryland. But the fact that Maryland got all the way back. Turgeon and, knows how to get I the mean, boys going with the T. Really, really almost um, won that game. It's, it's fine, I guess. Um, be very impressive if they beat Michigan State. Yeah. Um, I hope they don't because I, I need the Spartans to, to keep going from a bracket. As but, do I. But, yeah, I mean. The talent is there. It's just I didn't think the coaching was going to be up to par to get them a game like that. And, frankly, it was. I mean. I don't know that it really won them the game. Like, Skyler Mays had the balls to take that three, and he hit it. And then, obviously, Maryland comes down, and somehow Jalen Smith, of all people, hits a three to tie it. All he, I think all the all their, I don't even know who their interim coach is, but I think all he did was draw up a high ball screen and say, Trey Mott, go to work. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I tweeted something in cheek about Oliva giving Will Wade a massive extension after that game, but, like, yeah, if Will Wade's there, they win that comfortably. Easily. There's There's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean, good for them that they made the Sweet Sixteen. But I, I felt like it, it worked out very much in their favor having to play Yale and then um, Maryland. Miaoni had the worst game of his life against them. Right. Yeah. Um, Got a. I mean, I just kind of want to throw Wofford in the middle there. Um, most mm. least impressive, not to twist the knife too much. Um, I was but putting him in least impressive. So. They, well, I mean, they. They they impressed in in the first game, um, yeah. just with their how they closed down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really didn't matter. Feet set, not falling sideways, just heaving it. Pretty much everything was going in. Yeah, and and they were very good defensively to, too. Yeah, kind of tried to do the same thing against Kentucky. Like Fletcher McGee, at a certain point, was just shooting every time he touched the ball. Um, just kind of thinking like. One of these has to go in. Um, didn't matter if you know there was a defender an inch from him when he caught it. Um, he was just heaving 0 for 12 on threes, and Wofford still was right there and could have won the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, not great, it, uh, but yeah. I'll say it's a shame that that game didn't happen on Thursday night. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I think we easily could have won that game. Um, not that we played particularly well at all. I think defensively we had a pretty strong game, a lot of good closeouts. Really, Wofford hit a lot of tough shots. And, again, I thought it was a bad matchup to begin with. I thought they were a very good team. I thought they are better than a seven seed. Um, but that's just the way it crumbles sometimes. Miles Powell had another unbelievable game for us. Nobody else really showed up, so I can't be too mad that they lost when you have one guy scoring double digits and everyone else does nothing essentially but i don't know i felt it felt like the moment where he was going to take over late in that game when he went on that own, his own like 9-0 run and was pulling up from like eight feet beyond the arc to to tie the game and then all of a sudden it just came crashing down as wofford you know nathan hoover is an incredible player i mean i don't think he gets enough shine for what he does for that team and he's going to be back again this year with uh hackett jr storm johnson uh storm murphy excuse me and that's going to be a pretty tough team again this season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I 
I agree. They're they're going they're going to remain tough and like McGee missed a lot of tough shots. Um, as I said, kind of once he kind of got in his head a little bit, but he also missed just open two or shots. three wide open looks. I mean, he had more um, open like looks against Kentucky threes. than he did against us. Yeah, like transition threes would have really turned the tide. Like it, it huge pivotal moments. Um, didn't happen really really poor timing to to have the worst game of his life yeah um but yeah um gonna be some familiar faces and least impressive um gotta gotta start off with marquette yep um i put the big east as a whole yeah i mean six assists 12 turnovers against murray state um just completing what was just a stumble to the finish and they, they just that that wasn't even an upset. They just no. looked completely overmatched, even though, like it was John Morant and a bunch of comparatively scrubs. Um, but they just didn't even look like they deserved to be on the same court, which is is tough when not they great. realistically should have. Like the the fact that they found a way to not win the Big East is is really the the takeaway from this year um when seven games ago they, they had, were two games yeah. up yeah they they had to these with like four games left they had to to not lose out yeah and they did um Incredible. yeah so <laughs> marcus howard nine for 27 um he didn't not, even not look much good else. like he has to be seriously no. hurt i'd be surprised I, I think he is and that's that was the the thing that really made me feel confident in picking murray state yeah but even I didn't really expect it to be that ridiculous. And I mean, it was just John Morant was toying with them. He only needed to take nine shots, got a triple double. It was just absurd. He was throwing thirty-five foot offhand, one-handed passes through the lane, and just on a dime. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll go off of that with the Big East as a whole. We talked about Villanova getting torched by Purdue. They didn't even really look that good against St. Mary's. Like it was kind of the Spider-Man looking at Spider-Man. Yeah, that was pretty meme. close. They were they're the exact same team with St. Mary's having like a little more height but Villanova being more athletic. Way too close of a game, I think. I didn't th- I I believe St. Mary's is a good basketball team. I don't think they're near the level of Villanova. I thought that should have been a double digit win was very mad when I saw that bet pushed. So, I mean, I, I, that was probably the better, but one of the better games I even had this weekend. St. John's, whew, they stink. Woof. I don't know. I mean, Chris Mullen's going to be back this next season. If Shamori Pons doesn't come back, they are in huge trouble because I don't know where they find their scoring. Like, Figaro is good. Justin Simon's a really good defensive player, even though he got torched by Arizona State. He doesn't score that well. I don't know. Like, C.D. Kata, is he going to be the guy? Probably not. Uh, Brian Trimble does not look anywhere near a, sc- a competent scorer. He shoots like 95% of his shots from three and hits like 30% of them. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, St. John's is a mess. And then Seton Hall just had a tough draw. Like, they didn't play well uh, 100%, and Wofford was clearly the better team. They hit the shots when it mattered. You know, you can't go the final four minutes of the game, and you can't have three four-minute stretches where you don't score and expect to win. But they, all in all, just not a good tournament, not a good weekend. Really three days for the Big East. 
Yeah. Um, no screaming here. But also, got to add Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's now... Seven haven't years. Made the, haven't made the second weekend in seven years. Um, and, should, like, it's got to be brutal being a Cincinnati fan year over year. Mm-hmm. Um, UCF fan, brutal for this year alone. But Cincinnati every year blew a 22-point lead to Nevada last year. Um, blew another big lead to Iowa, who, as I mentioned had no business winning a game in the tournament with the way they ended the season. Like Cincinnati finished the year strong too. Um, this was, I mean, they were a two seed last year. So obviously a little, a little bit better then, but I mean, they were coming into the season and playing really well, but I mean, old dogs can't learn new tricks. Same fate as always. Um, I mean, that's, it's brutal. And what is basically a home game playing yeah. in Columbus um, and would have had home court advantage, which would have been a huge against, you know, a two seed in Tennessee, but not so. I mean, that would, like, they very easily could have won that game because Tennessee blew a huge lead in both games. And I, I still think Cincinnati's a better team than Iowa, but I. Yeah. Don't know if that would have gone differently. Um, I guess I guess betting on Cincinnati in the tournament might be asking a little too much, but still. I just think Cincinnati matches up way better with Tennessee than Iowa did because they actually have somewhat athletic bigs. Um, you can't. I, it's such a tough look, though. You can't lose a pseudo home game to a team that that got the doors blown off them by Rutgers. Like you just can't do it and expect to be considered a good basketball program. They really need to figure something out. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's complete style change, but you have a guy, Dron Cumberland is a legitimate scorer, and you still can't win a game. Like This is the first year where I legitimately felt like they had a chance to make a decent run because of Cumberland. He was a legit scorer. They play strong defense. They have good size. They are athletic. None of that showed up after the first 10 minutes of the first half. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe stop playing basketball. Um, yeah. But, I mean, can it be, can it be tough uh, to reinvent the whole program like that? But, I mean, clearly at a, a macro level, something isn't working. Um, so we talked about like all the top teams in the American kind of building themselves the same way. Um, but once you get to the tournament, it's clearly been very different for Cincinnati um, year over year. Again, I'm talking about seven straight seasons, not making it to the second weekend. Um, and more often than not, you know, they're, they have a pretty favorable seed or like this year, pretty favorable situation. Um, so I mean that's that's tough. Like yeah. I don't. You hate to see. I really, it. Know, I really just don't know what else to say there. Could, couldn't couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> nope. Mick Cronin or Mick. Uh, I have Nevada. I have a major gripe with this program. I think that I mean this is the end of time essentially for the Wolfpack. They lose what eighteen players that were seniors this year. Um, pretty much all of their scoring, all of their important pieces are gone. The Martins are gone. Jordan Caroline's gone. Anyone with a pulse is essentially gone. Uh, 
I should have seen this coming. The must bus was on fire, and I wrote it to the end, like a you know, like the guy I am, the loyal guy I am. Huge mistake. They all their, I mean, all their flaws that we saw all season long came back to bite them. Long stretches without scoring, getting too jump shot happy, not playing strong defense, just honestly lazy defense for majority of the game, and then turning it on when they think they need to. Cody Martin was great in this game. Jordan Caroline and Caleb Martin were atrocious. Terrible shot selection. I mean, it's Nevada had one last game to play the greatest hits, and they did all of them. I mean, they, they just, like, dead out there. Like, you can't yeah. you can't sleepwalk for 35 minutes and play well for five and then, you know, expect to win the game. Even against, Unless like, you a, play Cincinnati. A, right. Even against a bubble team like Florida, um, like, they... Nevada was completely out of it. They played well enough to get themselves back within striking distance, um, and that seemingly used up what little energy they had left. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just like that's it's really never going going to work. They're they're very talented, but they're not that talented. They can get away with doing something like that, and, and obviously, a very disappointing end to a season that had them starting the year in the top ten. Never really seemed to get on track uh, the way they did last year. Um, yeah, I mean, hard hard not to be disappointed with the season overall, and certainly the tournament performance. Very disappointed. I, I mean, as a essentially a two year holder, three year holder of the Nevada torch, I uh, I was the first round was bad to me. I was slapped in the face. It was a, it was a tough scene. Um, last last time I had Iowa State, mm. ultimate live and die by the three team. Um, it was six for twenty two against Ohio State. Lose that game three. I mean I. Like, give Houston props, but Ohio State's really not a good team. I um, was kind of surprised they escaped the first four entirely mm-hmm. and just made it into the field of 64. Um, that's that's tough. So I guess my credence does hold true a little bit because I was dead wrong on Auburn, but kind of right on Ohio State, but we're the team that gets hot in the conference tournament. Um, so things are already turning around. There we go. Uh, over the course of this podcast, um, talking myself off the ledge there. Um, but, like, there were – I know there were a lot of people, um, like pundits nationally, looking at Iowa State and saying, like, this is a very gifted team offensively. Maybe they are putting it together, um, but couldn't couldn't get anything going here. And – as we said, once the the jump shots jump fall, there's there's really no plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're like, if you look at the roster, they're they're very easily could be. There could be. I mean, that's the most frustrating thing for all those people. And Ames is this team has so much talent on both ends of the floor, and they just don't utilize it whatsoever. They are so offense focused. It's as if they're apathetic defensively. I feel like I said that exact line like two or three weeks ago, but they are. Yeah completely apathetic to the defensive end of the floor obviously to a fault but to a fatal fault because jump shots don't fall that's game yeah um 
Any any other least impressive? That was that was all I had right now. I just had Wofford, but uh, the the last stat I wanted to throw out about Wofford is McGee's over twelve is an NCAA tournament record for worst three point shooting performance. He yeah, takes the torch. He stays. He stays setting records. He takes the torch from Isaiah Whitehead. So that's the only silver lining we have from this weekend. Wow! Even when he loses, he he beats out somebody from Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. You hate to see it. Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously regionals now. Um, pretty pretty much we're still we're still in good shape in terms of games going forward. I would only have to repick one. Are there any pre tournament picks um, you're rethinking, or you know teams that that you like now that that you didn't before? So I, I mean, if you look at my first draft, there's really excuse me, my first bracket, my only bracket, um, there is only one game that I don't have either team in. I have 13 of the 16, Sweet 16, and it's the Buffalo-Nevada matchup that I had dreamed of since the beginning of the season. That <laughs> was not meant to be. But, yeah, in, came very close. In devastating fashion. We were 57 points away from making it happen. Um, right there. <laughs> Texas Tech and Michigan. Obviously, Texas Tech is the team I like the most in that one. Michigan is talented. I still don't think they have the offensive scoring that they need to get there. And Texas Tech is a lockdown defensive team that has the scoring going right now. I mean, this is another two teams that are the exact same stylistically. Texas Tech is just the better of the offensive team. So, obviously, I'm going with the Red Raiders. Welcome me to your bandwagon. Let's go. I mean, it's... It's going to be tough, but not really if it is Gonzaga, Texas Tech. Um, I mean, really, the the only thing I have to repick, I've got seven out of eight alive, um, all four Final Four teams, although in all of my bracket pools, I am way down towards the end because I got way too upset happy for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas is not going to make that Elite Eight run. Um, Auburn made sure of that. It's very tempting for me to pick Auburn over North Carolina, but I mean, as impressive as Auburn was against Kansas, I thought North Carolina was extremely impressive um, dismantling Washington. Because we know um, the Pac-12 not a great conference, but we do know Washington is a very good defensive team. Really didn't look the part against North Carolina. Kind of, kind of got whatever they wanted. Um, Nasir Little, he looks um, great. Finally, it seems like yeah, it's kind of having a breakout game. Um, with all the hype he came into with um, the start of the season, so I like UNC to beat Auburn. Um, but I am going to stick with Houston coming out of the Midwest as my Final Four team. Um, obviously, momentum doesn't really carry over game to game, but as I said, they're for me at least one of the most impressive teams in the tournament through the first two rounds. Obviously, the competition takes a huge step up with Kentucky and then potentially North Carolina. But I mean, I think they can do it. They're they're excited to um, potentially, you know, show why they have been so hyped all year. This is their opportunity, really, to to show to the nation, you know, that they can compete with the uh, the best teams in the country, and I I think they will. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm sticking with UNC, although it's very. I think it's going to be a way closer game than I than I had originally expected. 
The other game that that uh, makes me nervous is Florida State Gonzaga. As uh, as people may or may not know, we are Zags guys. Been there uh, since essentially the beginning of this NCAA tournament run started for Gonzaga. Um, Florida State looks freaking good, like really good. They look like a matchup problem for Gonzaga as well. Killian Tilly had a great first round and a forgettable second round. They need him to play better than the middle of those two if they want to have a chance. I mean, obviously they have a chance, but guard play is going to distinguish or differentiate this game for the Zags. Florida State is not a good three-point shooting team. They were fortunate to be a great three-point shooting team against Murray State in the blowout. If that can come back to the mean, I think Gonzaga's fine. If they get hot again, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, Gonzaga, win or lose, they still have the longest Sweet 16 active streak in the country, and I will reheat that tweet come Thursday. But, yeah, I, I feel like Florida State definitely not sneaking up on anybody. They're a better team than last year um, yes. for sure. But Gonzaga, three NBA guys in the front court, um, I feel like they can they can definitely hold their own because that is that is where Florida State usually will dismantle people with their athleticism. Um, I think having Brandon Clark is going to be a huge difference um, compared to where Gonzaga was a year ago, not having Clark, not having um, a healthy Killian Tilly or anything close to it. Um, so I'd still got to think the the Zags find a way to pull it out, but yeah, that's a uh, it's a formidable opponent in, in Florida State for sure. Yeah. I... Uh... It'll be interesting. And then I'm somewhat intrigued to watch this Virginia-Oregon game, although I hope and think it's going to go in the way of the Who's in a, in a big way. I think Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy haven't necessarily played very well throughout the first two rounds, and they are certainly due for a game. You know, when Diakite is leading the team in scoring, you know they're not playing too well. And DeAndre Hunter is going to have a... Uh, a fun little matchup with Wooten. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like this game's going to end 60-42, to 42, Virginia, or something like that. Um, it would have been hilarious if Virginia lost to a 16-seed two years in a row, and I was getting hopeful um, that would happen with the way that game started. I actually had locked in uh, a money line bet of Gardner-Webb just for kicks and gigs. You and me so both. Just counting my chickens um, before they hatched uh, on that one a little bit. Um, yeah, but that's yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Other than that, though, I think uh, everything's pretty straightforward as we had it originally. You know, we we've actually been pretty good this year. In terms of the later rounds, there, there's not a lot of repicking, reshuffling that has to be done. I still see Duke, Michigan State in the East final. Um, obviously, had to repick the West, but Gonzaga, Texas Tech, South, I still like UVA and Tennessee, and then North Carolina, Houston. I think are the two best teams in the Midwest right now. That is, if PJ Washington does not play. If he plays in a limited role, I still like Houston. If he plays in his full go, I think it's going to be a very close, very good game. 
I gotta I gotta pick Houston out of all three of those scenarios. All right, um, ride or die with the boys. Um, I mean, and then out east, I think I think Michigan State Duke is in famous last words, but fairly inevitable. Um, yeah, I think that's that's where Duke has to lose because I, I just it looked can't, like can't can't stress this enough. Really, don't see it happening. Virginia Tech. I think last round was was really the the shot at that happening. I was absolutely certain that we were going to see Liberty upset Virginia Tech, and Duke was going to get Liberty right after barely beating UCF, and then just beat them by like 115. Fortunately, that's not what we got. But I was I was very nervous about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Virginia Tech did beat Duke once, Sam Zion, but I just, I just feel like they Duke got let off the hook, and now they're going to take advantage of of kind of this the second chance in a big way. But I, don't know, I would I would be happy to be proven wrong in this instance. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty much back to their them their old selves. Excuse me, Coach K was counseling like grief counseling in the uh, post game lineup, All which class. is just. You know, you'll love to see it. Great sportsmanship, but I don't know. Hopefully we're back here again with a, a perfect Final Four. Although I think we have different teams in the, the Midwest, and we but got, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, three out of four ain't bad. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, take, I'd take four for four because I, I, need, I need all the help I can get to, to get back up in the the bracket pools. Um but yeah, still so the the dream of Gonzaga is still alive, so I'm excited for that. That's that's really all I can say at this point. That's all that matters. That's what we need. Go Zags.